How to design your own prosthesis and turn the project into a bonding experience. From civil wars, whistleblower tactics, schematic drafting, and the finer points of Sith adoption, the essential how-to guide for the engineering Jedi. By Jackdaw Cry. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 7 Reality Stranger Than Fiction Stalking through the hallways of the Lady with the Stormtrooper Commander hot on his heels, Firmus Piet was positively fuming. Having just returned from a fruitless endeavor in the security center aboard the Lady, he knew with certainty that the explosion that had nearly cost Lars his life was about as much of an accident as he was an Imperial Center food critic. Raised, Commander Rappo spat as he shadowed Piet's side. Who the hell could have ordered the records cache of your main hangar erased? That is what I would like to know as well, Commander, he ground out. But it will take time for the security officer to dig through the archive of general orders for the name of the culprit, time that can best be spent making a battle plan so that the culprit doesn't slip through the cracks. A frustrated noise emanated from within the trooper's helmet, and Piet faintly noted that the only reason he himself was not growling like the commander was because he had someone to keep up appearances for. I know, sir, the trooper retorted irritably, but this was planned. This wasn't someone acting on a moronic or opportunistic impulse. Someone on board wants the armorer dead. I know, commander, he snapped back, temper short with him as well as he glared back at the trooper. And I would appreciate it if you could watch your tone, seeing as I am not the culprit, nor do I agree with their actions. Apo ducked his head and nodded sheepishly. Sorry, sir. Nodding his acknowledgment of the apology, he turned his eyes up front once more and continued their brisk pace down the hall towards the medical wing. Honestly, it was the last place he ever wanted to be, even disregarding its current occupants. But this could not wait in any way, shape, or form. The commander was right. Someone wanted Lars dead. And considering that the culprit was able to access the workshop despite the high security level on the place, it stood to reason that they would easily be able to access the recovery ward of the medical wing, where Lars was currently lying weakened and vulnerable. It was too good of an opportunity for whomever wanted the young man dead, and security measures would need to be taken immediately. After that, he would have to initiate a lockdown on the ship. No shuttles would be permitted to fly to or from the lady without being looked over with a fine-toothed comb. No personnel would be cleared to leave unless they could provide a rock-solid alibi as to their whereabouts and activities. All outgoing communications would be blocked, and there would likely be a curfew as well. The crew would hate it, and all the better for that. It would give them an incentive to root out the traitor and approach their commanding officers with any information they might find or possess. But before all that, there was one task that needed to be completed above all else, and that he dreaded just as much. He would have to give a report to Lord Vader about his findings. And there was absolutely no chance in this world or any other that his commander would take it well. His one saving grace, however, was that Lord Vader, for all his numerous homicidal tendencies, didn't shoot, or, well, choke, the messenger. Regardless of the severity of the news delivered, Piet had never once seen or heard of Lord Vader subjecting his ire on anyone but the ones ultimately responsible for the mistake or offense. The underlings who had carried out bad orders, or otherwise been made complicit in gross incompetence, were never the ones who had to fear Lord Vader's wrath. And that, he hoped and praised to whatever would listen, would save him as well, since he had no doubt that his lordship's rage in this particular case would be nothing less than incandescent. 
Suppressing a shiver, Piet gave their destination to the trooper manning the elevator station that would bring them to the medical wing. As he and the commander stepped into the elevator, he went over what they knew so far. A dust explosion had destroyed the 3D printing room and had occurred because someone had deliberately tampered with the hermetic seals on the printer, with Livon and their team looking for possible other tampering. Their request for the data cache of the main hangar security records had revealed that a general order for a data wipe of the cache had come in two days ago, ostensibly due to reconfigurations happening within the hangar under the head engineer's orders. Something which was a blatant lie now that it was looked back on, but the order had been carried out at the time since it had all the proper authorization goods required, and Lars's reputation for eccentricity and out-of-the-box solutions to issues had made it so that no one questioned the need. Thus, they were now at the point where there was a traitor, and attempted murderer loose on the lady with no one the wiser. Piet sighed as the elevator doors slid open. This was going to be a longer day than he had even been able to suspect that morning. He noted that despite the sudden influx of patients there must have been yesterday, there was hardly anyone within the lobby of the elevator station just outside of the medical wing. Only a few scattered crewmates here and there that were walking to or from the medical wing's main entrance with fast paces and haunted mannerisms, which likely didn't bode well for what was going on within. This feeling was reinforced when he stepped up to the reception desk and asked to be allowed to visit a patient. "'And who are you planning to visit?' The man at the reception desk gave a quick glance at his bars. "'Captain,' he breathed in deeply. "'Lord Vader, I have a report to give that absolutely cannot wait.' The man blinked at him once, twice, thrice before sighing and nodding and said, "'Captain Piet,' he greeted. "'Lord Vader is no longer a patient admitted here,' he snorted disbelievingly. "'If he ever really was—' but I'll have medic kicks come down to direct you to him. Force knows that he's your best shot. Piet wanted to ask at what the medic was his best shot, but the receptionist had already turned away and activated his calm with a speed that spoke of years of practice and very few fucks left to give. Medic kicks to the front desk, please, he droned monotonously. There is one Captain Piet who wishes to speak to Lord Vader. Then he turned back to Piet. Anything else, sir? No, thank you. He replied in his blandest tone, not about to be outdone. That is all. The receptionist nodded and gestured towards the main entrance, where the hallways led deeper into the medical wing, a seating area flanking both sides. Please wait there. Well then. He glanced at the commander, who was still standing closely behind him, and nodded over to the seats. After you, commander. Sitting themselves down in the waiting area's highly uncomfortable chairs, Piet began sorting through the various files that he'd acquired in the last few hours a backup file of the security data cache of the main hangar, or what was left of it, a construction and operating manual on the 3D printer that had been sabotaged, the personnel files on everyone who was working in the shift when the order for the erasure came in, from the commanding officer to the janitorial staff, and, privately, a list of people he would suspect had the motive to do something like this, if not the skills. It wasn't very long until fast-paced footsteps sounded in the hallway behind the main entrance, and sure enough, when he looked up, there was a familiar clone soldier in a medic's uniform marching straight towards them. Standing up to greet the man, he was gratified when they exchanged quick salutes, and the man instantly jumped to business, with only a quick exchange with his brother standing next to Piet. Captain Piet, sir, Kick said as he nodded sharply. We can talk as we walk, sir, but there's a lot going to be less prying eyes and ears within the main wing than in the lobby. Agreed, he said, stepping up to join the medic. And this isn't really news to be leaked before an official statement can be made in either case, Minute Kicks. The man pressed his mouth into a thin line, but inclined his head in acknowledgement. I was afraid you'd say something like that, sir, he muttered lowly. Come on in, then. I'll take you to Lord Vader. With that, they began walking down the long hallways at a brisk pace. First things first, Minute Kicks, 
Pierre said once they were a decent way into the medical wing and he couldn't spot anyone in their immediate surroundings. As a senior medic within these ranks, you have some form of authority, correct? Kick shot him a wary look but nodded slowly. Correct, he answered. But it depends on what you're about to ask, if it'll be enough authority to hold sway, Captain. I ask that you increase security around and restrict access to Engineer Lars, Pierre said bluntly. Let not one single unauthorized and unscreened person interact with him, and make sure that no one is ever left alone with him in the room. Kick stopped dead in his tracks and pivoted sharply on his heel. What? he said flatly. Piet gave the medic a look that brooked no arguments and soldiered on. We have strong reason to believe that the explosion that injured Lars was far from an accident, he admitted quietly, keeping half an eye on his surroundings. Signs of sabotage have been found, and security records that could have shed light on the situation have been erased. There was a traitor out for Lars's blood, and I have no doubt that they would easily be able to compromise the medical ward security if they wanted to. He held the clone medic's gaze evenly as the man processed the information that had just been given to him, his face turning cold and steely, his eyes glinting like flints of amber. So this is my advice, medic kicks, he continued quietly. Increase the security around Lars, for both his sake and ours. Kicks, for his part, closed his eyes entirely for a moment and adopted a pensive look, hand rubbing over his chin. But when he opened his eyes again, there was a small smile playing around the corners of his mouth even as his eyes hardened with determination. "'Increased security I can do, Captain,' the man agreed with a nod. "'But I also firmly believe that while there can never be too much caution, Lars is currently about as safe as he could possibly be, sir.' "'Oh?' Piet narrowed his eye to touch. Conspicuous of the medic's sudden swing around in demeanor. "'How come?' he asked, mentally running over possible factors he might have missed. The man chuckled quietly in response as he began walking again. "'Because, sir, ever since coming out of surgery yesterday evening and promptly discharging himself, Lord Vader has been by Lars's side, without leaving for even a moment.' Piet wasn't sure why that information was such a surprise, but somehow in some way it absolutely was. "'In fact,' he continued, even as the information he had just given Piet already had his mind going a light year a second, "'according to our monitors in the recovery ward.' Lars had woken up for a short while only a couple hours ago, and Lord Vader was still by his side. According to the monitors, he asked as he processed the fact that Lord Vader was apparently brooding in the most literal sense of the word. He promptly banished the thought as traitorous and very much something he didn't want to be thinking of just before reporting to the man. Kix raised a pointed eyebrow at him while he held open a door for him, and I put a pass through. Would you want to be the person to step into a room, knowing that you would be interrupting between those two? He had to admit the medic had a very good point there. Besides, Kix continued, we didn't doubt that if Lars was displaying any kind of negative symptoms, Lord Vader would be holding us in by the scruff in seconds. We decided to let them have their moment and conduct examinations at a later point in time. And another good point, which only left. I concede your points, medic Kix, he said as he hummed low in his throat, but I was unaware that Lars had already recovered to the point of being allowed visitors. Here Kick smirked at him with a mischievous gleam in his eyes, coming to a halt in front of a door that he unlocked with a code cylinder. "'Oh, he hasn't,' the man replied cheerfully, and Piet got a bad feeling as he heard the commander chuckle at his side while Kix's smirk widened into a grin. But there was a unanimous vote that an exception could be made for adoptive family members. "'Wait, what?' He didn't get the chance to reply, however, as the door chirped and unlocked, Kix quickly hitting the control panel to open it up. 
We decided to grant Lars a bit more privacy than usual, the medic explained as he typed a few things into the control panel's number pad. So this ward is on a light lockdown to ensure no other patients get sent here, for both of their sakes. The door clicked and shirked as the medic finished inputting the string of numbers. All right, he said as he turned back to face Piat with a nod. You're clear to enter, Captain, but Atbar will have to stay beyond. And do try to keep quiet, he added. Engineer Lars needs his rest. Still frantically attempting to clear his mind from all the traitorous thoughts that involved the medical staff having apparently decided that Lord Vader qualified as adoptive family, Piet could only nod and thank the medic politely and bid a short farewell to the commander who had taken up guard position beside the door. Stepping through the door and into the short hallway beyond, he was almost grateful to hear it slide closed with a hiss and click of the lock. At least the medic wouldn't be able to plant even more casually delivered earth-shattering revelations to him while he was about to meet his commander, who he was fairly certain was a telepath. It would make more sense than if he wasn't, anyway. Rapidly clearing his mind of all such thoughts, Piet turned to the corner of the hallway and promptly abandoned all such endeavors. Two seconds. Blinking at the scene in front of him, he felt his mind struggling to comprehend what he was seeing, because in front of him was what looked to be a normal, mostly empty recovery ward, with the glaring exception of two things. The first being the black silhouette of Lord Vader sitting next to the third bed on the left, which was unusual in and of itself, since Piet didn't think he had ever actually seen the Dark Lord sit before, with the sole exceptions being in the pilot seat of his TIE fighter and in a meditative position the rare handful of times he had to report to the Lord directly while the man was in his private quarters. None of those instances were as jarring as seeing the man seated in a regular visitor's chair next to a sickbed. That all paled in the face of the second thing. Mainly because the second thing was the peacefully sleeping form of Lars, sitting semi-upright and tucked in against Lord Vader's chest, like the man was the galaxy's most terrifying teddy bear. The young man's body was partially covered with the Dark Lord's cape, where the blanket had clearly fallen away, with said body being held in what could only be described as a tender embrace by the one who gave the entire galaxy nightmares as their collective boogeyman who was nonetheless rubbing gentle circles into Lars's back as the young man, boy, slept soundly within the arms of death. This was going to be a long, long day. Force he needed a drink. But two seconds had passed and the world spun on again. He sighed and stepped forward to the strange, paradoxical duo that was bound to wreck what little was left of his sanity. With every step he took... He could feel Lord Vader's attention grow heavier on his shoulders, even as the man never averted his eyes from the boy sleeping within his arms. "'What business do you have here, Captain?' the familiar voice that roared like a thunderclap asked as Piet came to a halt a few paces from the bed. It was fine, he could do this. He'd ignored worse before while giving a report. Stepping into an easy parade rest, Piet breathed out a quick breath before answering, "'I have an urgent report to give.' "'Concerning the situation of yesterday, my lord,' he responded, voice calm and blank, despite his mind struggling to stay in a similar state. Finally, Lord Vader looked up and met his eyes evenly. "'Then report, Captain.' "'My lord, we found the cause of the explosion,' he halted as he swallowed heavily. "'It wasn't an accident,' he brought out eventually. "'It was sabotage.' Immediately, the temperature in the room crashed hard enough that Piet thought he could hear ice crackling in the air. What? Piet shivered, but suppressed further reactions with the precision that came of endless experience. 
We found holes drilled into the hermetic seals of the 3D printer Lars had used, my lord, and Engineer Livon is searching for further signs of tampering even as we speak, he rattled off easily, the familiarity of the act granting him some ease that no amount of rationale could. Furthermore, I went to check the security logs of the main hangar to see if there was evidence to be found as to who could be the culprit, but the data cache had been wiped two days prior via a general order. At the moment, we are still uncertain as to the identity of who gave that order, but the security personnel are already combing through the archives to find the perpetrator as we speak. He suppressed the need to fidget nervously, and soldiered on to the final conclusion. We have a traitor report, my lord, he said quietly at last, and they are aiming for Engineer Lars. If Piet had thought the previous temperature crash was bad, he had been wrong. Dead. Wrong. Shivering within his uniform that was definitely not meant to withstand sub-zero temperatures, Piet watched in terrified awe as with every cycle of the Dark Lord's respirator, his own breath became ever clearer clouds of condensation. Frost began creeping up the walls of the recovery ward in elegant fern-like patterns even as Piet's terror skyrocketed. This was... And then a quiet whimper shivered through the air. As two pairs of eyes darted toward the source of the sound, Piet felt his heart clench as he saw the small form within his commander's grasp shiver pitifully within his sleep. Soft, chattering noises indicating that, even asleep, the young man's body was attempting to stay warm in whatever way it could. Lord Vader stilled, and before Piet's very eyes, he witnessed the frost ferns melting off the walls like they had never even been there, the temperature rising again within seconds. He pretended not to see Lord Vader carefully readjusting the blanket and edge of his cape around the shivering youth, pulling Lars just a little closer into his arms, the young man nuzzling into the dark specter's shoulder contentedly. Oh yes, a very, very long day. Once Lars had been made comfortable again, and the air was no longer freezing before Piet's very eyes, Lord Vader once more turned his gaze towards him. Continue with your report, Captain the Dark Lord ordered as if he hadn't just demonstrated evidence of something approximating a parent fussing over the... not... not going there. Yes, my lord, he agreed blandly. As we are currently unaware of the identity of the traitor, I propose strict countermeasures to ensure that they do not escape or succeed in their task. A lockdown, at the very least, on both in and outgoing traffic and outgoing communications. Possibly a curfew as well, prohibiting any movement around the lady save for the work shifts. Exceptions to those rules should only occur after rigorous screening and a proven alibi has been given. As for Engineer Lars, he trailed off as he let his eyes rest on the peacefully sleeping young man. I propose a heavy increase to his personal security. We do not know if the traitor will make another attempt, but I don't think we should wager anything on the presumption that they won't. He finished his proposed plan with a curt nod. At your discretion, my lord. There was a moment of silence in which a couple of cycles of the respirator passed, a fact that should have made Piet's nerves feel like high-strung elastics if it weren't for the fact that the atmosphere felt inexplicably calm. Oh, well, Piet thought as he looked at the youth still soundly sleeping in what might be the single safest place in the galaxy. Perhaps not so inexplicably. When Lord Vader spoke again, it was with greater restraint than Piet had ever expected from the man after having received such news. But with the young man held within his grasp... Perhaps he should have expected great care being taken so as not to wake the sleeping engineer. I approve of your proposed countermeasures, Captain, he said at last. Take care in selecting the men you recruit to aid you in this endeavor. The veterans of the 501st would be a wise choice, 
as they have professed an imperative to protect Engineer Lars. The man paused to glance down at the young man in question. They are unlikely to have the traitor amongst their ranks. Make use of mandatory registration of who is present during the start and end of every shift by the commanding officers as well, so as to prevent the traitor from simply slipping under the radar. Recognizing the orders as Lord Vader's manner of minimizing the risk of failure and thus the execution, he gratefully took them with both hands. It will be done, my lord, he agreed with a nod. And as for the security measures concerning Engineer Lars? I will handle those personally, Captain, Lord Vader responded promptly. No harm will come to Engineer Lars. A fact which Piet hadn't doubted for a moment, but that he knew he needed confirmed either way, just in case. And it sounded like a vow when his commander said it. Will that be all for now, Captain Piet? He had gotten confirmation and approval of his plan, he was still breathing, and Lord Vader was calmly discussing options with him even as he knew the man had to be quietly fuming on this inside, thanks to a little unconscious miracle work from Lars. Honestly, he couldn't have expected this to go any better. That will be all, my lord, he agreed with a small smile and a curt bow. Then you are dismissed, Captain, the Dark Lord said easily. I believe you have a number of announcements to make to the lady. He did indeed. With a respectful dip of his head, he turned away from the odd duo and headed back to the entrance. And Captain Piet, the vocoder rumbled after him, causing him to glance back at the Lord, red lenses meeting his own eyes evenly. I remind you, you have my full authorization to carry out any actions you deem necessary to further your investigation. I leave it at your discretion to use that how you see fit. The mask tilted forwards and caught the lights of the recovery ward, the lenses gleaming brightly. Have I made myself clear? A genuine question, and one Piet almost couldn't answer in a timely manner as he processed the full implications of the statement. Yes, my lord, he answered, a little awestruck. You have. Lord Vader was trusting him to bring the investigation to a successful conclusion, that, despite the fact that the nature of the investigation had changed drastically from a damage report into an attempted murder investigation, an attempted murder investigation that had Lars as a victim, so it may very well have been an assassination attempt instead. Piet didn't think there were many ways in which Lord Vader could demonstrate his trust in people, but he was willing to bet a costly credit that he had just been awarded one of them. Very well then, Captain Piet. The man rumbled. May the force be with you. And with that, the mask turned back downwards to watching the young man sleeping against him, breathing in a slow, steady rhythm. Recognizing the final dismissal for what it was, Piet didn't bother to offer any continued farewells to the man who clearly didn't want them while watching over his charge and silently wishing the two well. Striding back out towards the door, he used his code cylinder to unlock it while keeping his mind carefully blank until it had slid open and allowed him through. On the other side of the door, he found Commander Rappo and met at kicks in a deeply animated conversation entirely in Mandoa, which was probably for the better, he decided as he eyed medic kicks, recalling the incident yesterday where the man had somehow been able to persuade Lord Vader to submit to a medical exam, and apparently surgery with just one phrase in the language, a phrase that he very much did not want to know. The conversation in the musical language halted as both clones caught sight of him, Ah, you're back, Captain, Kix greeted with a grin and a dip of his head. How was the conversation? Odd, unthinkable, unimaginable, reassuring, terrifying, productive, he answered primly. 
His lordship has agreed with my planned course with only a few adjustments. Effective immediately, we are in lockdown, and I will need to head to the bridge as soon as possible to make that announcement. Then he thought of something else. Oh, and minute kicks. I would advise you not to send anyone in there who isn't prepared to keep a straight face despite any oddities they might see. Kick shot him an odd look that veered between him and the door he had just exited and raised an inquisitive eyebrow. Piet smiled slightly at the remembered sight of a young man tucked safely into the arms of a specter of death, looking for all the world like there was nowhere he'd rather be, and decided to take something of a risk. It seems that Lord Vader has discovered something of a parental side to himself, he confided quietly, and is currently guarding Lars' sleep. A look of understanding crossed Kix's face, and he grinned with a mischievous spark in his eyes. A bedside vigil, hm? he asked in a knowing tone. Thinking back to the oddly gentle sight, he tilted his head at the medic. Something like that, he answered vaguely. I don't believe it to be in my best interest to elaborate, but any disturbances to the two should be of the necessary variety, just to be safe. I'll have it noted in Lars's file, Kix agreed with a chuckle, before sobering up somewhat and fixing Piet with a serious look. And let's hope that something good comes out of this whole nightmare, shall we? If I went on duty, medic Kix he said with a straight face. I would drink to that. Kix and Ampo burst into laughter, and Piet took the opportunity to rearrange his data pad in the crook of his arm. Now then, medic, I believe it is time to take our leave. He glanced towards the commander and received a nod back. There are announcements to make, and an investigation to continue. With a quick series of pleasantries and polite goodbyes, Piet and Commander Ampo were once again on their way towards a goal that would likely result in more headaches than it would fix. However, it had to be done. As he strode through the hallways of the medical wing, Piet began mentally rehearsing the announcement of the lockdown and the notices that would have to be put up. He would have to take Vader's words to heart and start assigning people to enforce those rules as well, apparently starting by getting Veers on the line to tell him he was taking the majority of his best men to do the task in the name of ensuring that the one thing keeping Lord Vader level-headed and not on a rampage was kept alive at all costs. Sighing, he fished his comm out of his pocket and selected a contact that he could have recited in his sleep. The little device beeped, crackled, and then a familiar, irreverent voice came out of it. Thomas, what do you want? The no-nonsense voice of Veers called out of the device as he swept around another corner and into the main hallway, the elevator station already visible. Max, I'm giving you a heads up, he said quickly as he headed for the elevators with Commander Rappo hot in his heels. I'm about to make a ship-wide announcement of a couple of urgent countermeasures we're going to need to take if we want to keep Lars alive, and the majority of your best men are a part of the plan. Veers cursed at the other end of the line, and Piet heard the distinct sound of rummaging. All right, Veers said after a couple of moments. I have a notebook open and no idea what you're talking about. Give me the rundown and I'll see what I can do. There was a traitor on the ship, he said, cutting to the chase as Apo gave the destination of the bridge to the troopers manning the station. Not allowing his friend to get a word in edgewise, he quickly rattled off the summary of the most recent events. The sabotage, the missing security data, everything. By the time he had finished, the other end of the line went dead silent, and if he couldn't see that the connection was still intact, he might have thought that one of them had accidentally hung up. What? The air said at last. A voice icy and quiet in a manner eerily similar to Lord Vader. Exactly what I said, Max, he replied, walking into the elevator as the doors slid shut behind him and the commander. There's a traitor aboard, and they're gunning for laws. Lord Vader is currently handling the increase of security for the head engineer himself, but I have been given the authority to do whatever is necessary in his name to continue the investigation and find the culprit. 
He'd never noticed before how the elevator seems to be achingly slow in the moments only when you least wanted them to be, but there was little to be done about that as he rocked back on his heels, waiting for Veers' reply. "'Tell me what you need,' the general said at last, steel edging his voice and reminding Piet exactly why he had gained a reputation for being a terror on the battlefield. There was no time to waste, however. "'I'm ordering the entire ship into lockdown,' he divulged quickly." ticking off the mental list he had made of things that would need to be done. No one goes in or out without a full background check, a lack of motive, and an airtight alibi. Same goes for outgoing communications. Everything must be screened and checked three times over. There will be a curfew, registration at the start and end of every shift by the commanding officers, and possibly other countermeasures as time goes on and it becomes clear that we need them, he rattled off, already knowing that it was going to be far from the last time he would have to do so. In order to enforce those measures, however, I need men. Done. Fears agreed instantly, but Piet wasn't done. Max, he interrupted urgently, needing this to register with his friend properly. I need the Vode specifically. According to Lord Vader, they're the best suited to protecting laws, and they're the only ones he trusts as a collective not to have the traitor amongst their ranks. I don't know why. Because Luke Lars is Ogaran. A calm voice interrupted, and Piet's eyes snapped up to the commander beside him, who had been silent so far. The trooper's helmet was fixed on the elevator doors, but Piet got the feeling that his attention was anything but. Care to elaborate, whomever you are? Visa's voice spoke up out of the calm, and Piet agreed wholeheartedly. Commander Rappo, sir. The man in question directed towards the calm unit in Piet's hand. I'm accompanying Captain Piet to ensure that nothing untoward happens in his mission, but I believe I can answer this question. Piet looked at the man, having been so very quiet until now. He wondered what the man had been thinking of this whole fiasco right up until now. Then please explain, he instructed the trooper as calmly as he could. The commander shifted in place for a bit, but eventually dipped his head with a sigh. Luke Lars is our Garen, sirs, he said eventually, or armorer, smith, however you want to translate it in basic. It all means the same to us clones. As someone who protects and guides us as best they can in ways that are rare to find in an army. The pact was sealed only a few days ago, but the sentiment among us vode was there long before that. Apo fell silent for a moment, but when he spoke up again, his voice held something that made the hairs on Piet's neck stand on end, and jarred a part of him into realizing that this was important. Luke Lars is to us the canapon of Lord Vader that was long missed, both to him and to us. He balances the scales, and takes care of our manda, as well as our beskagam. He is Mirjahal, to a lot of us. Healing. That is his role as a Garan. In return, we guard and protect him, listen to him, and obey only the Allure over him. He is our Garan, and we, we are his people and protectors, alongside Lord Vader. He finally turned to face Piet fully, and even through the visor he could feel the trooper's gaze. That is what he is to us. The final statement from the clone commander hung heavy in the air, and even as Piet began to get a better picture of the sheer extent to which Lars had effectively undermined the official hierarchy and dominated the informal one, he still felt that with the disparity in language and culture there was a great deal that was lost on him in the impact of that statement. One thing was clear, though. He had severely underestimated just how terrifying Luke Lars's ability to disregard conventional authority with impunity was, something which Veers evidently agreed with when he spoke next. And no one thought to inform me of the fact that half of the 501st Legion could desert, just like that, on the orders of a kid. Why, trooper? 
he asked over the comm, voice dangerously low. Apple, however, seemed utterly unconcerned with the danger in the general's voice. With all due respect, sir, he said easily, do you honestly think that if Lars were to ever give an order, a true order that he expected to be followed, Lord Vader wouldn't back it up? And that, that was terrifying, the things that statement implied. Are you saying, Commander, he heard himself say distantly, unaware that his mouth had opened to give voice to his fears, that you believe Lord Vader would follow a command from Lars? The commander was silent for a moment, but just when Piet began to hope that the man had realized the madness he had just spoke into existence, he nodded firmly. Yes, sir, I do. I believe that if Lars ever felt the need to truly give orders, be it to us or to Lord Vader, they would be followed by his lordship. And the next question, why, was already on Piet's tongue when he remembered the sight from just a few moments and a lifetime ago, Lord Vader, patiently allowing Lars to sleep, huddled up against him like the galaxy's deadliest pillow, and even taking care to ensure that the young man was as comfortable as possible, he wanted to ask why. He wanted to deny that he could see where the commander's ludicrous conviction came from, but he couldn't. Not when the evidence was there for all to see. So instead of protesting like he so dearly wanted to, vehemently denying that such a thing was possible and decrying the commander as delusional, he nodded his head and felt his mouth form words he didn't even know if he wished true. I agree. What? Thier shouted from over the comm line. Firmus, do you hear what you're saying? I do, Max he said evenly, a lot calmer than he felt. He looked the commander in the eyes, as best as he could, and thought he saw a spark of understanding when the man tipped his head to the side. You've seen it too, haven't you, Captain? Apple asked. He really wished he hadn't. Yes, I believe so, Commander, he said. Resignation thick in his voice, but his will insufficient to temper it. Thomas. Thea's hissed from over the comm line. This is insane. Do you realize what this would mean? Max, Piet interrupted firmly, unwilling to divulge this information but feeling it appropriate. If you had seen what I've just seen, you would agree. Veers was quiet for a moment, and he eyed the commander in front of him as the man's shoulders shook with silent laughter. He had the feeling that despite never entering the room, the trooper knew exactly what he had seen in that recovery ward. What the hell did you see that you would be able to agree with this, Firmus Piet? The general asked, disbelief and trepidation clear even over the calm line's audio. Lord Vader, Piet said with a sigh, already regretting the words before he had said them, holding a soundly sleeping Lars like a parent would a sick child. Silence. You're shitting me. It wasn't a question. I wish I was, Max, he said as he glared at the still laughing trooper. I honestly wish I was. Now can we please go back to the matter at hand? Right. Theus muttered. Of course, just drop this bomb on me and then bail, why don't you? <sighs> he sighed and the calm line crackled with the sound. Right, troopers, 501st vote A. He rattled off quickly. How many will be needed to secure the lady, and do I inform them of the exact reason they were chosen or not? At least double the number of the usual guard shift, Piet answered promptly, but want to ensure that there is an equal distribution of eyes everywhere. As for the reasoning... He looked at the commander. Commander Apple, do you believe it will be beneficial for the others to be made aware of who chose them as the chief candidates for the emergency security forces? I would tell them, sir. The commander answered promptly. It'll give them all a boost of motivation. 
even aside from the fact that it's for the armorous sack that we're being deployed, there is also the matter that we're indirectly being called on by the Allure, which can only strengthen the need to do well. Hmm. Veers muttered over the comm. That settles it, then. I'll begin drafting up squads for the assignment and let you know when they're ready to be deployed, and... The elevator dinged with their arrival. It seems like our time is up anyways, he noted briefly. Good luck, Firmus. I think you're going to need it. Thank you, he replied dryly, and promptly hung up when the elevator door slid open. Shaking his head with a sigh, he wondered how a simple elevator ride felt like it had lasted a lifetime, the visit to the medical wing mere minutes ago already so far away. It hardly mattered. He had work to do. Right then, Commander, he said with a sigh as he stepped out through the doors. I believe it's time to face the music. Apple barked out a short laugh and shook his head as he fell into lockstep with Piet. Don't say it like it's my thing too, sir. This is all you. Casting a sideways look of betrayal at the commander as they walked through the bustling halls, Piet shook his head. Thrown to the wrinkles, he muttered lowly to the commander's audible amusement. There was little time for jokes, however, as they quickly approached the doors to the main bridge. Fishing his code cylinder out of his breast pocket, Piet unlocked the doors to the space on the lady where he still performed at his best and felt in his element. When the door slid open, he strode into the familiar din of sounds that were usual to the bridge with all the casual confidence of someone who belonged there. The chatter of the navigators and communications officers, the beeping and chirping of the computers as they were supplied with a continually updating stream of information, the holograms displaying star charts and a layout of the lady that was ever-shifting as new information was uploaded into her core, here was where he belonged. "'What is the meaning of this, Captain?' A familiar and despised voice sputtered, and Piet nearly rolled his eyes as he stopped in his tracks. Unfortunately, someone else called this their territory as well. Turning to face the already growing blemish on his still somewhat intact good mood, he reluctantly saluted his commanding officer. Admiral Ozzel, sir, he greeted as politely as his morals would allow. Ozzel didn't even bother to salute back as he stormed up to Piet. Where in the Emperor's name have you been, Captain? he spat. Your shift started over four hours ago! Which meant that the man had to be desperate for his favorite scapegoat while he made one blunder after the other that he would have to fix later on. Wonderful. As I said in the message I sent you this morning, Admiral, he began blandly, already gleeful that he had the foresight to copy that message to five different places and addresses, I was given a mission by Lord Vader himself. This had to be carried out with all due haste. This superseded my usual duties in priority, and thus I had to perform them over my usual duties. He would bet fifty to one odds that the man hadn't so much as touched the message before deleting it, but that wasn't going to be on Piet's head no matter how hard he would try to twist it, something which he could already see Ozel attempt to calculate mentally as Piet smiled mildly at him. As it stands, he continued before the Admiral could get a word in edgewise, steamrolling over the man with a bluntness that was catharsis in its purest form, I have been tasked with spearheading the investigation into yesterday's explosion within Lars's workshop, and it has turned up some rather interesting results. Results which were enough cause for emergency measures to be implemented effective immediately. I will make the announcements now and send out the notices. Watching the Admiral's face with a detached fascination, Piet could pinpoint the exact millisecond that his statement sunk into the pudding the man called a brain. Face contorting into something truly smugly hideous, the Admiral scowled down his nose at him. You will do absolutely no such thing, Captain he protested. You will submit the proper form just like anyone else, and I will decide if it holds the merit of disturbing everyone's day-to-day— -day. Admiral Ozzel, Piet interrupted pleasantly, making a mental note to find some way to thank Lord Vader for this moment. I don't think you understand. I will make the announcements and send out the notices regardless of your protests. There is nothing you can do to stop me. 
For a moment, he thought the Admiral might choke on his indignation, but unfortunately, even purple in the face, the man managed to object to Piet's challenge one last time. "'And what makes you think I won't court-martial you for this before you can even take another step, Captain?' he hissed. "'Such insubordination will, will not, not be tolerated by Lord Vader, Admiral,' he said as he completed the sentence with the utmost pleasantry, "'as it is Lord Vader's direct authority I am acting under.' Oswald reared back at the name of the man even he had to realize had nearly killed him more times than could be counted on one hand, maybe even two. "'You want?' he choked out all bluster and bite gone from his tone, so very, very satisfying. To quote his lordship, he continued conversationally, I have his full authorization to take any action I deem necessary in the pursuit of my investigation. He looked Oswald dead in the eyes and dropped all pretense of geniality, mild-mannered smile turning into a display of bared teeth. I deem these measures necessary. Now let me through, sir. Not even bothering to wait for an answer from the sputtering and protesting man, Piet neatly sidestepped around the blockage in his path, and, once he was no longer occupied with the Admiral, took amused notice that the entire bridge was doing a rather poor job of looking engrossed in their tasks, instead of listening in on his and Ozzel's conversation. No matter, it was to his advantage if they already knew what had to be done. Officer Merrick, he directed towards the man behind the communication station, and was grateful when the man didn't even pretend not to have heard him, swiveling round in his chair, rising and saluting him without preamble. "'Yes, Captain Piet. "'The ship wide intercom, if you would,' he directed easily. "'This would need to be done quickly.' The man nodded and spun back around, inputting various codes into the terminal in front of him, with the last hard click of an enter key being hit. A hatch in the main command console hissed as it split open down the middle, two halves folding outwards and backwards as a microphone revealed itself. "'It's live, sir.' Officer Merrick assured him, just press the red button and say what you must while holding it pressed. Thanking the man with a nod, Piet walked up to the MCC while weaving easily around a still sputtering Ozzel, feeling the eyes of the bridge upon him. Stepping up to the microphone, Piet took a deep breath and pressed the red button on the console. Attention all crewmates and passengers of the executor, he addressed as he began his announcement. This is Captain Piet, speaking to inform you of a drastic change that will be occurring. As many of you will know by now, yesterday morning an explosion occurred within the workshop of the head engineer, injuring him severely in the process. He survived, but his state was dire, and some injuries will be with him for the rest of his life. He breathed deeply as he prepared to reveal the next bit, knowing that the eyes of the entire ship were on him at this point. I regret to inform you, however, he continued steadily, that these injuries were not the result of an unfortunate accident, but instead the result of a cowardly act of sabotage. For now, the investigation is ongoing. However, to facilitate the success of said investigation and prevent the escape of the culprit, there will be emergency measures put in place. This was it. He straightened his posture as best he could and kept a determined face as he said the last part of his impromptu speech. From this moment forward, the executor is in lockdown. All incoming and outgoing traffic will be halted and not permitted to continue without submitting to extensive scrutiny. All outgoing communications will be subjected to the same treatment. A mandatory check for your presence will be performed by our commanding officer at the beginning and end of each shift, and a curfew will be instated, meaning that any recreational activities and meetings not confined to one's quarters will be put on hold. These measures will persist until the culprit is found and arrested. Until such an occurrence, I encourage you all to be wary and alert. Report your suspicions to your commanding officer, or if you suspect them, their immediate superior. But beware of paranoia and distrust. There, no going back now. He breathed deeply. Crewmates and passengers of the executor, 
There is a traitor and saboteur amongst our ranks. I will not tell you not to be concerned. I will not tell you not to be wary. But remember that they stand alone, a coward hiding in the shadows. This too will pass. And once it does, we will remain standing. To that end, these are the measures necessary, and I authorize them effective immediately in the name of Supreme Commander of the Imperial Armed Forces, Lord Vader. I thank you for your attention, and may the stars favor us all. With that, he let go of the button and ended the broadcast. Done. Looking up for the microphone, his eyes immediately caught those of half the bridge crew, all looking at him with various degrees of worry, concern, surprise, shock, and awe. How odd. Flattering, but odd. Still, there was much work to be done now that the announcements had been made. Orders would have to be sent out to all necessary crewmates and officers to ensure that they would know what to do and who to report to. Notices would have to be drafted and posted of the exact details of the new measurements so that people wouldn't be left floundering, and broadcasts would have to be made to the relevant authorities to update them on the executor's new status of lockdown of both physical transport and communications. Mentally sighing as he went through the list and matched the tasks to the relevant underlings, Piet resigned himself to working a double shift if necessary to get it all done. Wishing that he could have done all of this before he had to make the broadcast, but knowing that time was of the essence if they wanted to have any chance of catching the culprit before they went to ground, Piet suddenly rolled his shoulders to loosen the tension in them before addressing the bridge. Or rather, that was the plan. But before he could so much as open his mouth, Ozel found his tongue again and began stammering out his indignant protests. Allowing himself a sigh out loud this time, Piet reluctantly turned towards the Admiral. Why, you! The audacity! Rescind those words at once, Captain! The man spluttered out. Who do you think you are, giving orders of this manner? You cannot put the Executor into, into a lockdown. This is the flagship of the Empire and not some outer rim corvette used to hunt pirates. Why, I- I can, Admiral Ozzel, Piet interrupted calmly, and, realizing this was going to be a long one, took his data pad out of the crook of his arm, and pulled up the messaging center. And I did. The lady is on lockdown, until the traitor is found, as per my orders backed by the authority of Lord Vader, exactly like I just said in the broadcast. Azel scoffed incredulously. And am I to believe that Lord Vader just gave you the authority to supersede me? Come now, Captain, I realize that you are used to a lower-caliber intellect, but you will have to try harder than that. I would not be foolish enough to make the claim on a public broadcast unless I was utterly confident it was the truth, sir. He got the man off idly, already composing the order to lock down all external transport on the lady on his datapad as he spoke. Perhaps the word imperative would carry the haste needed better than urgent. And I was not consulted on this! Azul snarled. I was not consulted on who would be undermining my authority for such a ludicrous reason! Piet glanced up at the purpling man while he pressed the send button on the order to lock down the transport. No, sir, he said simply. You were not consulted before an investigation into an act of sabotage, treason, and attempted murder began, as it was assumed that you would be able to grasp the urgency of the situation. My apologies for misjudging your judgment. That, evidently, was the wrong thing to say, as Arzel gaped like a fish, but Piet could hardly find that in himself to care. If that would be all, sir. He asked impatiently. I have a lot of work to do, and very little time to do it. This, quite frankly, is a waste of it. Not bothering to wait for the Admiral's reply, Piet turned his attention back to the bridge crew. Officer Merrick, he called out, stepping into parade rats as he faced his colleagues. Please compose a message to notify the wretched death squadron of our new status, and send it out to the other ships. You wouldn't do to leave our colleagues in the dark about these drastic changes. When the man had acknowledged his orders, he turned to the next communications officer. Officer Yildon. 
I ask that you compose the message towards our suppliers on our situation, but hold off on sending it. There is still some time until the next supply run is scheduled, and I would like to avoid undue excitement. Should the need come, however, you will send out a message instructing them to deliver our supplies towards the devastator for temporary storage. Compose a message for Admiral Montferrat to notify him of the situation as well. Officer, his orders were interrupted by the blaring of a comm unit's emergency line coming to life, and turning around, he saw as Commander Apple activated the line. Speak quickly, the trooper commanded. Vod! The voice on the other end called out, and Piet thought that he recognized Commander Cody's voice, harried though it was. Get the captain on the line. This needs his attention ASAP. I'm here, Commander. He spoke into the direction of the comm unit, loud and clear. What is the news? Sir, the commander hissed urgently. Sir, we have a lead. There's not just one traitor. There's at least two or even more. We don't know yet. They were in concert, one doing the sabotage, and another getting the records erased and covering their asses. What? How did you come by this knowledge, Commander? He asked. Determination coloring every syllable, if the commander was correct. As far as I were aware, the security officers were still working on recovering the data from the archives. We didn't need the data! The commander nearly yelled into the calm, causing the line to crackle. Not with the source we got! The source? State it plainly, Commander, he ordered sternly. How do you know there are more than two people in on the plot? And where did you get that information? From the same source, sir, Cody told him. We found him, sir! We found the saboteur! The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.